I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are I'm Hallie Levant, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff, sometimes members from our community. Ooh, I do believe it is a true treat, and it is a true treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Highs, everybody. Pound it out for grace, Hallie. How are you? Oh, so blessed. His grace is sufficient. I'll he tell you that, my always, brother in Christ. Always, always. Well, I'm dealing with uh, I'm dealing with an issue right now that I'm going to need a lot of grace about. Well, you know, Hallie, I'm dealing with lust for the first time in my life. <gasps> with Buka de Beppo? Becky de Bupo. Yeah, it's just <gasps> really intense because Whoa. we just love each other so much. Oh, cool. We do say that now, and um, we've you know obviously we haven't met in person yet, but. Even over Zoom, it's just getting to be, uh, you know, <laughs> this is a lot of pressure. Hot and heavy, huh? Yeah. So um, <sighs> even though, you know, we and, and we, we have a few rules, uh, just, you know, only neck up. And uh, if we feel like we're just, you know, starting to get, you know, tempted astray, we'll just start praying. Awesome. Pray for grace. Pray for grace. Awesome. Uh, let grace, you know, gust the lust away. Pray it away? Yeah, you just pray until you fall asleep. Oh, does it fit? You know, I had a great weekend with my teens in Climax. Uh, on Saturday night, we went to the mall and stood arm in arm, uh, you know, making a wall in front of the Victoria's Secret, trying awesome. to keep people from going in there and buying, you know, small underpants. Oh, and then, you know, Hallie, there was a bit of drama this weekend with one of my teens. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't like to name names, but I do have this senior. His name is Camden Kilroy. Okay. And, you know, he's one of those teens. He's got a goatee. Uh, mm. Honestly, I'm thinking about asking for his birth certificate because sometimes I'm like, hey, is this kid on human growth hormone or something? Right. Because he looks like my uncle or like it could be a you know, Dominican Little League or something. And so anyway, this weekend was really dramatic because I hate to say this, I guess Camden has gotten mixed up with one of the other mums in Climax. Yeah. 
uh, one of the you know the moms of one of the teens that comes to climax. What like the graduate? Yeah, but neither of them are good looking. So mm-hmm. th- you know that's really hard because um, I went out to the parking lot and I guess what happened is uh, this mom started bragging to the other moms about it. And then apparently, I guess he'd been dating some of the other mums too, and they just got in this cat fight, Hallie. They just had a huge cat fight. Like, I had to break up this huge cat fight, you know, just fighting like cats, Hallie. Grown you know, women about a teenage uh, just boy? Scratching I'm and biting and what? just cat fights. Huge. Yeah. Anyway, so I bring him over and I said, Hey, Camden, you can't be dating any mums. Yeah. And he said, This is really strange, Hallie. He just looks at me and he says, I don't date them. Okay. Oh, I just foam the milk. Foam the milk? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what is that? And he looks at me like, I'm dumb. And I just was like, okay, sorry, buddy. Don't know what that is. And he goes, you know, the yodel in the valley. What on earth? He says, Sass the Susan. What? And then he said, yummy dow on the gummy wow. Excuse me? And then he said, I flipped the devil's omelet. What is that? And then I was like, yeah. And then he goes, I swim in the birdbath. No, I I don't know. And he said, I play the keyless harmonica. I'm like, well, I'm glad you you got a hobby, but I still don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't either. And he goes, you know, the Peyton Manning halftime show? And I go, well, he retired like three years ago. So I don't know. I don't even know what that means. So we just go back and forth. Hallie, he probably had a hundred ways of explaining some nonsense. I don't even know what he's talking about. And finally he goes, look, I climb in the back of the vans and I go down on them. And I said, buddy, why don't you climb into the front of the van and mm. go up on God? Okay. See? Because I still didn't know what he was talking about. Yep. Yeah. But I think I've put, you know, I've put it to bed and, um, yeah, I still don't, still don't know what he was talking about. Keyless harmonica. How was your weekend, Hallie? You know, I wanted to tell you about this, Gray, because I thought you might have some words of wisdom for it. <laughs> some of my young, uh, my daughters, I, I keep hearing uh, so, something come out of their mouth. It sounds a lot like, oh my God. Oh no. Over and over. And every single time I say, no ma'am. Absolutely not. Never. No. And I said, Moses went up on Mount Sinai. He was one of the only people to see God. It turned right. his hair white. He came down with two tablets. It's the Big Ten. It's the ten rules we live by. Right. We've got, you know, very clear orders from the divine creator of the universe. You cannot say, oh, my that God. Is a, yeah, that is a no-go. That know. is a no-go. So my son Day is like, Mom, what do you mean? Like, if you can say the word, oh, is okay, and you can say, my, and that word's okay, and we can definitely say the word God, we sing the word God, we say the word God, what, what's the big deal about putting him in that order? And I said, day, it's taking the Lord's name in vain, it's one of the big Ten Commandments, it's very simple and straightforward, it's a clear directive from our heavenly creator, and day said, talk to me about that, because he said, I don't think I understand how, like, when Moses went on Mount Sinai, there wasn't even English. No, nope. You just don't say it, Day. God, so dumb sometimes. But I never even thought about that, that like there, th- those words didn't exist when, when God gave the Ten Commandments. Well, they probably did in some way, Hallie. I mean, when did English start? I don't know, like 500 years ago or something. When did curse words start? Probably before that. I, I just, Day said, Mom, if you look up in vain to to do something in vain is to do something without success or without a result he said that doesn't sound like saying oh my god that sounds like if if you want to use the name of god in vain it means 
using the name of God with no power or effect or results. So for instance, a church who isn't really, you know, who is proclaiming the name of God, but not making a difference in their community, not making like strides in terms of like social justice and showing the powerful, you know, um, uh, uh, the, the power of God, that is using God in vain. And I said, <laughs> nice try. Right. Real nice try. But I've known, this is one I knew my whole life because, uh, you know, I come from a spanking household. That's why right. I still spank Good. my kids. In fact, my mom would spank. My dad, my dad had a... Your mom he, would spank, spank your dad. Uh, I wasn't sure what I was hearing. She would definitely spank us kids. Uh -huh. My dad, he had even stronger techniques, but the only time I ever said, oh my God, in front of my dad, I got, I got, I got punished pretty bad and really? I will never forget it. Well, what did he do? Well, what he would do, especially if it was winter time, which we lived in a real cold climate, he would just strip us down, send us out in the snow outside of the house and spray us down with the hose in the dead of winter. Oh my God. <laughs>
Oh. And then as I said, I feel too much. Mm. And so I got sucked in and I just got too attached to being a mom. So that's another reason they let me go. You know, I, I couldn't divorce myself from this new life that I had immersed myself in. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to be a mom and just have a regular full-time job at the bank or at the mm. grocery store, let alone you're on these international missions, you're changing your identity, you're going after drug lords. I mean, now that you're a mom, I really do feel like it's just the best thing a woman can do with her life is be a good mom. Uh. So what kind of drugs were, were, were making their way into these, these mummy groups? Coke. Oh, cool. <gasps> in the baby formula. Really? I don't know if you've seen that. Coke. And then on top of that, marijuana, of course. Oh, but, no. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't messing with that because I was like, you know, I'm from Oz, huh? temporarily. Right. Huh. I, don't, I don't care if you spark up around me, whatever. Uh, okay. And then even in some circles... Uh, what people have taken to calling baby heroin. Oh, okay. Not because it's for babies, mind you, but because when you take it, you just knocked out like you were an infant. You go to sleep for at least two hours, you wake up, you're ravenous, you're screaming for food, and then you immediately back asleep, just like a baby. Wow. Yep. Believe it or not. So do you have to wear diapers if you're going to do baby heroin? You know, I, I can't speak to the personal steps one would take because luckily I never tried it myself. Yeah, that's right. But I did run across a lot of people who went themselves mm. after really? taking it. So, mm -hmm. so let me get this straight. You were so you were an FBI agent. You're going all around the world. You're, di you're digging into these mummy groups all over the world. Correct. You're busting them up, and then you finally landed here. And now you, you're you're no longer with the FBI. You're just you're just running the moms group here at Twin Hills. Yes, because uh, you know I. I got pregnant, <laughs> and wow. that is something they tell you not never fall in love, mm -hmm. uh, never have any baggage. That's mm -hmm. the first rule. Of the FBI? Those are my personal rules. Did you get pregnant by an American or by an Australian? By an American. Really? Wow. I know. I know. Okay. I couldn't even get that part right. <laughs> and what's he like? Um, Spirited. Oh, wow. Uh, I would say he has the Straya spirit, as they like to say. Um. He does remind me in personality of an Australian. Oh, okay. And I think uh, Gray would know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, he has a high tolerance for alcohol. Okay. Australian men are very, very fertile. They're going to knock you up. I mean, really? and, and so maybe that's another way that your husband is like an Australian. Mm. I've had two different friends from college who went to Australia, came back pregnant. Uh, and I said, well, there is something going on with the men over there. Well, honestly, that wouldn't surprise me because really? it's, it always happens when you're not trying, right? When I was in Oz, I was, there's no other way to put it. I was whoring around, honestly, more like a Mary Magdalene. Right. I was uh, going around to any man that would have me. I said, give me citizenship. You know, I put a baby in me. Nothing uh, took. Maybe it's because you said it that way, but. Well, I don't want you to be too hard on yourself, Cindy, about, um, you know, maybe having sexual relations outside Ooh. of marriage in Australia, because I think that's what the Austra or the American government trains you to do as an FBI agent. You're supposed to sleep with people to get information, right? It is called a uh, honeypot. Oh. Really? Uh, you reel them in with the promise of sexual relations, and uh, you're not supposed to give it to them ever, but it is a... Uh, you know, it's, it's not a firing offense if you do give it up. Okay. So what kind of information were you getting out of them after you had to do all these, you know, kind of, you know, nasty things? I was on the brink of the biggest case of my career. Whoa. Really? 
in Indiana. Yep. I was uh, about to really stick it to the boys back home. And what I mean by that is the guys down at um, headquarters. Oh, really? I had just gotten the name of a kingpin out of my now husband. Oh. Uh, It was one of the boys that he was messing around with. Um, And... Of course, as I said, I, I got pregnant off of that encounter. So Whoa, did wow. ruin my career in a way. So oh. you were trying to get the information from your husband about one of his friends, and that's how you got pregnant? Yes. Yes. Oh, Miracles, wow. um, they happen every day. And did you, did you end up getting the guy that, that you had The to... kingpin? He got away. Oh, oh no. no. But there's a drug kingpin in Indianapolis? I well, did I let that out of my mouth. God, I'm so stupid, Cindy. Get it together. You, you can't repeat that. Anyone okay. who listens to. Okay. Well, is it like a doctor who's given out the opioids to everyone, or is it like a Mexican drug lord? It, it, it's, it's. I'll say this: it's, it's not a Mexican drug lord. He is hiding in plain sight. Wow. Wow. He might even be, and you didn't hear this from me, a member. Of the congregation. Oh, oh no. no. I know exactly who it is. I cry. Why? I mean, you got it. I mean, just you, you look around, Hallie, you know who it is. And you don't like to name names. Is it Rick Devers? Because that guy just looks like a drug dealer. Cry, I'll tell you this. A little FBI tip. It's never the guy who looks guilty. Oh. oh. Yeah. And so sort of what I'm doing is I go to my mummy group and I say, I'm going to vigilantize these, this group of women. Oh. You know, I'm going to create my own little army. Yeah. And they're going out. They're collecting intel for me. And, uh, you know, I've struggled with this because civilians, uh, a lot of them aren't up to the task. But I have found that, surprisingly, and I never thought this before, their faith makes them stronger. Mm. Totally. And if anything, more empowered and determined, mm. they say, you know, we mums, but we can get the job done in between nap times. <laughs> it's just so crazy. I just never know when she's going to slip into that accent. It's just, it's like, it's like the, the rhyme or reason of it really escapes me. It's always kind of a There's surprise. There's no consistency. You know what I notice, Cindy? When you start smiling, you speak Australian. It's like it's a joyful place for you emotionally. I do go to my happy place when I talk like this. That is so cool. And so when I'm in moments of being uncomfortable, I don't really know what to say. That is um, when I slip back to my natural accent. But when I sort of start to dig myself out of the hole, that's when she comes back to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gray has a friend who got hit in the head with a golf club and starts speaking in a French accent. It happens well, he's not every really a friend, day. Really. He's just, you know, a guy I know. But yeah, a guy I know got hit in the head with a golf club, starts speaking in a French accent. So Wait, no. That's interesting. I'm just going to take a couple notes here. Oh, uh, no. What were the circumstances of him getting hit in the head with the golf club? Oh, well, oh. he's playing in a golf tournament and uh, the head came out for golf club and he claims that now he, you know, he's got a bit of a French accent or something. The head of a driver just went flying through the air and smacked him in the noggin? Yeah, it happens all the time, Hallie, really, in golf. It's like the main, it's pretty much the only way you can get hurt playing the game. Why, Cindy, does this sound like somebody who's hiding in plain sight who doesn't look like a drug lord? Were there any witnesses to the attack is what I want to know. Because what's very possible, Gray is that your friend is inventing a story to sort of 
get around the real circumstances of what he was doing. Oh, she's sniffing it out. It's BS. I'm uncomfortable. It is in my nature to just assume that there's nefarious activity. I feel nosy. I'm sorry. Really? Okay, this is alarming because, um, yeah, that you know, that kind of checks out, Hallie, to be honest, because this guy, uh, I'm not going to name names, but his name's Clay Mason Bannerman. He, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, actually, if, you know, maybe we could offline after this if you wouldn't mind doing a little bit of research for me because I've kind of wondered what he's been up to ever since we, um, you know, stopped hanging out. So you stopped hanging out with this guy and there was, was there an inciting incident? Yeah, what happens between you and Clay Mason Bannerman? It's really not important, guys. Uh, I just got really busy and I'm not going to hang out with that guy anymore. I didn't really know him that well. So Gray, anyway, case closed. I'm going to say something. You know, I'm trained in body language because I went through the BIU. Behavioral Analysis Unit. So what I'm seeing right now are a bunch of micro-expressions. I'm seeing body language that is not in tune with the words you're telling me. And what I'm guessing, this is the same reason my kids can't lie to me, because I can read their little faces. Oh, it's great. You know, great. I'm sensing that there's more to the story, and I'm pulling at this thread. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. She's pulling Uh, at the thread. The next thing you know, your sweater is going to be a pile of yarn. Look. Look, I just, I'm I'm definitely telling you guys all I know. I just don't really even know this guy. He's just a freaking guy I know. And he was like, I had to, you know, I, I basically hung out with him a few times. And I really don't like what you're inferring because I also went to, um, you know, I, I also have, uh, you know, my body language never matches what I'm, uh, you know, saying because I, you know, I've, 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 my body is like, I do a lot of CrossFit. So a lot of times my body language is matching more what like I'm doing at CrossFit. Cindy, that's how they met, doing CrossFit. They would spot each other. You don't have to write this no, down, Cindy. Do it's really not important that you write it down. I'm just making noise. So, you know, you don't, you don't even know what I'm writing. Yeah, and then I just... The, and I then know, Gray like, started helping Clay Mason Bannerman raise his grandson named Popsicles. It's not his. It, it's his stepson. But look, I, I'm just saying, you don't need to write down all this stuff, guys. Okay. Hey, how about let's talk about something cool? Like, did you ever go to any other countries where you got the weird accent after you went there? Oh, do you have more accents? I do. Uh, they sort of come out in different environments. So uh, when you first told me that story, and maybe that's why I was transported back, I did spend some time in France. Ooh. Oh, great. Well, maybe you can talk to my friend who's got a French accent. Yeah, and I even remember running into a guy over there who had a predilection for golf clubs. And so if I mentally take myself back, I was in France. And it was like um, I was meeting all these people and they were telling me all, the, all these things that they were doing and they were selling drugs. And j'ai dit, oh, oh, est-ce que je peux, uh, est-ce qu'il y a beaucoup de drugs ici que je peux uh, acheter? Ouais? Which is, you know, my way of saying, are there a lot of drugs here that I can buy? And always there was a man who held a golf ball and he would throw it in the air and he would catch it in his mouth spit it into his hand, and then he would throw it in the air again. Oh. And eventually, we found out that this man was uh, the lowest person on the totem pole for uh, the organization. You know, he was friends with the kingpin, so we never find him. And just hold on, sort of coming back to my head. Uh, sorry, that was a oh, memory. Okay, switch that again. was a memory that I am coming back from. But Cindy, that was amazing. No, as I said, I feel too much pathologically. Wow. Uh, I am just in so that that's why I thought that could have been my guy. 
Yeah. You know, the guy in Canada in France. And look at that. He might be in Indiana. Wow. Well, it's not, and I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I also was just amazed, Cindy, how as soon as you started speaking in that accent, that red beret came down almost as if it was being lowered by a drone and sat sideways on your head, and you had an already lit cigarette in your hand, and then they both left as soon as you changed your accent. muscle memory. It's muscle memory. Wow. And also, you know, the Boy Scouts stole this from the FBI. Yeah. Be prepared. Yeah. You always have your little uh, tools around yeah. when you need to make a switch. You know, when my husband is being real mean to me, I switch into a different voice entirely. Oh, really? Really? Uh, and by mean, I mean, obviously, I run the home. Yeah. But yeah. he's yeah. just not letting me do what I want. Yeah. So I switch into a voice. You know, now I did spend time around the world. I did go to a lot of places in Europe and, you know, I even spent some time in Turkey. Ooh. And uh, I went to Greenland. Don't ask me how they talk there. Whoa. That was mostly a silent time. How do they talk there? Honestly, their communication was more on a spiritual telepathic level. Okay. Oh, and wow. so a lot of it was just us staring at each other. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's cool. I never knew that about Greenland. Nobody knows anything about Greenland and no one's ever been no. there. No. Well, wow. those who need to go, go. Except for and you. those who yeah. um, seek it out can't get in there. So I guess I just have to wonder, like, now that you're running a mum's group and you, you know, you, you're basically a mum, how do you keep your life exciting and interesting after you've done all this, you know, uh, frankly, uh, a bit wild stuff all over the world and, you know, you keep switching your voice up and you're changing your clothes and you, you know, got all these props and everything. And how do you, uh, how do you keep it interesting? It's called hypervigilance and it's something that's really important to me i teach to my kids every week they bring me a report on what their siblings have been doing oh and you know because i don't want that to die with me these traits you know i i I feel comfortable saying i was one of the greatest agents they'd ever seen wow really and that is why i keep it so close to me i can't i can't give it up because i couldn't i couldn't if i tried you know, it stays in you. And how do you get answers out of people that don't want to give you answers? Manipulation. Do you use torture or only in extreme cases? Well, well don't judge me, but uh, I think there's sort of a gradient scale uh, to torture. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, you start at one end, uh, which is the obvious, you know, people think it's, it's physical torture. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst thing you can do. But then there's psychological torture. Oh, yeah, right? sure. Right. And just off the off the base, you know, uh, living in a suburb is its own kind of psychological torture. They can't see. She also has a mustache on a stick know, that she's holding that in front from? of her mouth. I use this when I want to sneak into a boys' night. I take on a new voice and I just become someone else. Whoa. And suddenly I'm at the boys' night and I'm chilling with the dudes. If it's a younger crowd... Maybe I'm talking like this, dude, and I'm like, yo, uh, where's the closest skate park? Yeah. Where can I score, dude? Ladies and drugs, I don't care. Just let me know where they're at. Awesome. Have you seen the movie Catch Me If You Can? Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's so good. So that is about an FBI agent in a criminal who meet up and are the perfect match for each other. It's about soulmates, which people don't realize. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And I do think that if my husband put his mind to it, we could have that sort of relationship. And I'd love to chase him around the world for the rest of my life. 
Don't tell the kids. Well, it's kind of hot. Yeah, that's kind of hot if you're chasing him down. Yeah. I love Leo. I look a bit like him. Cindy Gavel was played by the lovely Sydney Battle. Check out her hilarious work on Twitter and Instagram at Sydney Battle. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey House was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>